Welcome to Lambs to Lions. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. Good morning, everybody. It's good to be with you this morning. I am so honored that I get to speak this morning. And uh, hey, look at my shirt, you guys. I'm one of the cool kids now. Oh, there it is. Yeah, see? Coach Delton hooked me up, so we're good. All right. Well, I get to uh, prepare you, actually, um, for Pastor Matt's message this morning. Uh, mine is kind of the prequel, um, which is really cool because I believe the Spirit of God worked that out. And so it's, uh, it's fun to go before him and uh, get you ready. So uh, have you ever been presented with a moment in your life that you weren't ready for? How many, can, can you remember something, just a moment you just weren't ready for? Uh, you know, maybe it was you had an opportunity to go on a trip and you couldn't get the time off. I mean, you tried, but you, you just couldn't get the time off. Or maybe it was wanting to see one of your favorite bands in concert, but you didn't have the cash. Uh, or maybe you had an opportunity like I did to go to the next level in sports and you totally blew it. <laughs> that was me. I got invited to the rep team uh, in ice hockey. And uh, after a full summer of eating whatever I wanted and showed up on the ice, I was like a slug compared to the, everybody whipping around me. I was like, okay, I'm not ready for this level. But maybe you've even had a moment where you could have shared Jesus with somebody and you didn't have the right words, or at least you didn't feel you had the right words, and fear gripped your mouth, and you were shut up. And you wished you could have that opportunity again, but you never saw that person again. Well, I'm sure all of us can relate to that, or one of those things. Um, John Wooden, uh, coach of UCLA basketball, said this, when opportunity comes, it's too late to prepare. It's one of my favorite quotes of all time because it really speaks to the power of preparation and being ready for opportunity. Well, when I was 21, um, I was in a Christian rock band and we went into the studio to do our first album and I wasn't ready, but I thought I was. And so I sat there in this North Vancouver studio with a guitar, which I could barely get in tune. It was just like, struggling to get it in tune. Then finally we got it in tune and we did a few passes of this uh, song and I played my part. And then the engineer shut the session down and said, I think it's kind of late. I think we should just go home. And I was like, oh, okay. I'm 21. You're like, what's late? You know, um, the next day, the band uh, leader, the drummer, who's my friend, phones me and says, James, you're just not going to cut it we're hiring a studio guitar player. Oh yeah. Like that. Just like, Ooh. and of course, 21 full of, I, Hey, I love Jesus, but I had a lot more pride than I realized. And anyway, so, so that got uh, shut down. And then they said to me, Hey, we want you to come down to the studio and teach the studio guitar player your parts. Like here's my wound. Could you just put some salt in there? How about vinegar too? Let's throw that in there as well. Anyways. And I did not have a good attitude. I'm sorry to say, and said, I don't even want my name on that album. Well, I kind of got over it. I played his parts, and I toured with the band a bit. And anyways, fast forward about 15 years, and a friend of mine 
says to me, hey, James, I'm recording my first album and I want you to be a full part of it. I ended up being the producer, the writer, and the guitar player. And um, uh, it was it was amazing. 15 years later, I sat in the same studio in North Vancouver and I recorded with professionals who were amazing. Uh, I won't mention their names, but they're on albums that you may have heard on the radio. And I sat there playing and Aiden's going to play you uh, the opening track, just 15 seconds. Yeah, there we go. That was it. <laughs> well, maybe, uh, you know, I really, it's funny, that drummer, very awesome, well-known drummer in Vancouver. And uh, he got that take in like literally two takes, but then he says, I can do it better. And he did it in three. Me, I don't know how many takes it took, but I did it. I prepared myself. I worked so hard on that part and other things I did on the album. And uh, what a blessing. So, Maybe you've had opportunities slip away and maybe your pile of woulda, shoulda, couldas is like a mountain range blocking the sunrise over your future. I want to remind you that our God is gracious. His mercies are new every morning. That means today, this morning, his mercies are new. And as long as you're still breathing, God has assignments for you. Now, Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. You may not have done anything good up till now in your life. I'm not suggesting that and I'm not pointing fingers, but here's the thing. You're breathing, you're alive. God is here, he loves you and he has new things for you this coming year. Now I'm in agreement with Pastor Matt and when he says, this is the year of more, more opportunities, more of God's favor, more of God's funding, more of God's grace and power over our lives. Can you say amen? What God spoke to our pastor is in agreement with what God spoke to me about this year. I always pray for a personal word over my year. And I write it down and then I put it in my phone at nine o'clock every morning, it pops up on my calendar. And this is what my calendar says to me at nine o'clock every morning, 2024, the year of the open door. That's what Pastor Paul said in his message before he went to be with the Lord. I was just blown away is not the right phrase. I was so blessed and affirmed that I had heard from the Lord what he had heard from the Lord. And it was just awesome. Um, man, there will be opportunities coming to you open doors in front of you. And I get the honor of getting you excited and prepared for what good things our Heavenly Father has for you um, this year. Now, Pastor Charmaine preached a powerful message. If you haven't heard it, go to YouTube and watch it. She, she preached on time. She said, Kronos and Kairos time. Kronos is earthly. Everyone on earth gets 24 hours a day, seven days a week to eat, sleep, work, and enjoy life. Kairos is heavenly. Uh, it's under God's control. Now we can manage our chronos time 
you know, by showing up here this morning, we managed our time to get here because it's important to us. And we can honor God and prepare ourselves for God's Kairos time. And the divine appointments he will bring our way. So my message is simple, prepare to be sent. So on that note, we're going to um, read Luke chapter 10. So my message today is prepare to be sent. Now, in my observation, and I've been a Christian uh, a long, long, long time, uh, not always a vibrant Christian, (laughs) but I was a Christian nonetheless. Uh, In my observation, we spend a lot of time thinking about performance in our walk with the Lord. We feel good when we are doing something for God and unworthy when we struggle with failure to do good. I want to help you to lift your eyes from performance to partnership. Listen to what Jesus says in John 4, 35 to 38. You know the saying, four months between planting and harvest, but I say, wake up and look around. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, wake up and look around? Wake up! The fields are already ripe for harvest. The harvesters are paid good wages, and the fruit they harvest is people with brought to eternal life. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike. You know the saying, one plants and another harvests, and it's true. I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others had already done the work, and now you will get to gather the harvest. You know, somebody's praying for their husband, their brother, um, or one of their family members, that some Christian would come into their life and share Jesus with them. And all of a sudden, you start a new job, right, George? And all of a sudden, you're working beside a guy who's struggling with his faith, and you don't know his mom who's been praying for him or his wife that's been praying for him or his grandma. You don't know, but there you are, an answer to her prayer, right? So this is an awesome part of being part of the kingdom of God. So my brothers, I want to encourage you because Jesus isn't coming back to die again and again and again for every sin we commit because he died once for all. We weren't given salvation because we deserve it, but because God's grace is on our lives. We can help some people think about God's love for them. Uh, We can talk about who Jesus is and what Jesus did and how he loved us in spite of our unworthiness. Uh, We will be learning and growing and failing and growing and learning and growing uh, a whole lifetime. So get used to remembering that God sent Jesus because he knew you would need a savior. So anytime you fail, just remember, God knew about that failure before you did it or before you it happened, okay? God knew and he was prepared. And when he sent Jesus, that was enough. He's not gonna, oh, I failed again. Okay, I'll send Jesus again. No, he sent Jesus once and for all. So keep this simple and awesome truth in the forefront of your mind because God wants to send you to people who need to know that they are loved. Now in Luke chapter 10, we see Jesus sending out 72 people. Who are these people? In chapter nine, he sends out the 12, but these are Other disciples. This is something I actually never saw before. It's funny. You can read it over and over, and I don't know how many times I've read this, and never noticed the word 72 other people. It just hit me that these aren't the 12. You know, the number, the math should have been obvious. 
But yeah, so who are these people? We don't know their names. They don't have any titles, but they went town to town in pairs. Jesus invented the buddy system and they cast out demons with authority. You don't need a famous name on earth as long as your name is famous in heaven and hell. You don't need a title. You just need a testimony. These disciples simply spent time with Jesus, learned from Jesus, and were willing to be sent by Jesus. If you're willing to be sent, raise your hand. I hope everybody. Uh, Please allow me to give you three things that will prepare you to have a more powerful and effective ministry when you go. You don't need to be perfect to go, but isn't it great we have this moment to prepare because 2024 is what? The year of the open door. So in the kingdom of God, we can learn to do what is right. We can learn to say what is right. And we can even walk in a certain level of authority because we understand God's word, what it says about us and what it says about the situations we are in. We can be well-trained. I think I said it here somewhere, but Pastor Matt has trained us well. Pastor Rudy has trained us well. We have good leadership in this house, and we've learned from them. And so we feel confident in doing the camera like Delano's doing today or Mr. Logan's doing. You know, we feel confident in doing these things because we've been released by our leaders. It's awesome. And uh, they've trained us well, but consider this. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He only does what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. So prayer, preparing ourselves with prayer. Prayer opens up conversation with the father. We can tell God where we're at. God, I'm struggling today. God, I failed today. God, I need your help with this. God, I'm feeling good today. It's a conversation. But this also gives an opportunity to tell God where he's at or to tell us where he's at. God wants to tell you where he's at. This is where I'm going today. I want you to go there because I'm already there. And I want you to follow me there. You see, prayer opens up our spiritual eyes. I don't know if you know this, but prayer takes time, but it also saves time. Because we don't want to waste our time doing things that God has not asked us to do. You know, there's a lot of needs in this city. You see it all the time, right? There's times I drive for Uber. I don't know how many times I am driving for Uber and I see a need on the side of the road. It's somebody in with their car broken down or it's uh, somebody who's hurting. I saw a man fall down on the sidewalk. That's not, unfortunately, uncommon around here. I don't have time to stop for that person. I am like going... I'm going, right? There are moments where I got to do what I'm called to do um, and and just trust that somebody else will meet that need. So we don't want to waste our time doing what God has not called us to do. Uh, So the Apostle Paul encouraged us with this. Since we live by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, let us keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Now, in this house of worship, we can feel the Spirit move. How many of you felt the spirit move when you've been worshiping in this place? Yeah, I mean, he's here. Uh, we love Jesus. Our, our, we have great worship leaders. And so we get to experience the presence. We can feel the spirit move. But when we are people of the spirit, we move with the spirit. That's what prayer helps us do. It helps us move 
with the Spirit because we see in the Spirit. We start seeing what Jesus saw. Now, in Luke 9, we read that Jesus sent out these 12 disciples that we are well familiar with, and they experience powerful ministry in various towns. So they're traveling all over where Jesus is about to go. And yet, in verses 37 to 42, uh, um, sorry, I got something mixed up here. In Matthew 17, 19 to 21, in the, this is the New King James Version, because it's the only version that contains this one phrase. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast out this demon that was in this little boy? And, you know, Jesus was kind of frustrated with them, I think, if you read the language right. He says, because of your unbelief, for assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So here's, we're talking about 12 guys who just went out, were sent out by Jesus, and cast demons out. God wants to take you to another level. And prayer and fasting is going to take you to another level of power. Number two, we need to prepare with the word. You know, it's funny. Uh, I said prepare with prayer, prayer with the, prepare with the word. It's the same. If you've been in the church long enough, you've heard this message over and over. There's no shortcut. There's no way around it. But I want to encourage you how powerful the word of God is in your life. And I hope that that's what you'll get from this point. The Pharisees knew the law of God, but when Jesus showed up, they didn't know the word of God. And it's amazing as men how we can understand the law. We can understand the rules. This is how you should act. This is what you shouldn't do. We understand that because some men like rules, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. You know, George, you're doing a job where you're going to teach men some rules because you're going to be overseeing safety. And there are safety rules, right? Don't drive on the wrong side of the road. Don't go through a stop sign. You know, these are rules that we have in our our world. And some of us really like rules because they're measurable goals. I can do that. Okay, I can do that. I can achieve that. But then other people look at uh, these lines that are drawn and like, oh, I just want to go around those. I want to do it my own way. You know, we have different approaches. But here's the thing is, um, we don't want to be so focused on rules that we miss relationship because that's really what it's about. God isn't just saying, okay, everybody get in line. He's saying, come to me, all who are heavy laden, you're burdened. Come to me, let's have a relationship. I want a relationship with you because I love you. Even when you go outside of the lines, I love you. Um, so reading and learning God's word will definitely teach us rules to living well. For instance, we talk about tithing in this house. And tithing is a rule that releases God's blessing. We all want God's blessing. And there is a rule. Give 10%. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Bring offerings and see if I won't pour out such a blessing that you won't be able to contain it. Um, now, we think sometimes that reading the word will make us better Christians. I suppose that's true. But God is more interested in how you live the word than how you read the word. You see, to live the word, we need to know the word. But knowing the word isn't simply about just 
okay, I need to read a book uh, a, a day or a, a chapter a day. It's not about these rules. It's about, I want God's word active in my life. Um, how many of you, though, have come to a point in your life or in, in, a, in a conversation where you said, um, uh, doesn't it say somewhere in the Bible that fill in the blank. You don't know where it is. You're not sure what it says. So you kind of chop up the verse and kind of give a paraphrase of your own. You know, we don't know the word that well. We kind of have a concept because we've heard it preached or maybe we grew up with it, you know, or maybe we've said, um, didn't Jesus say something like fill in the blank? You know, we should apply ourselves to know the word so that when we have moments to give it away, we're not fumbling it like a football, you know, and we honor it. Um, I'm not trying to condemn anybody who says those things, didn't Jesus say? Because uh, it's always good to point people to Jesus. But, you know, we want to honor the word. And um, I want to give you three things to be a man of the word. First of all, Here's the scripture for you, 1 Peter 3.15. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. See, living the word is most important so people can see your faith. But it's also people to, uh, it's also important to direct people to the word so they can have a chance to have the same faith you do. Uh, I heard this great um teaching on evangelism. They said, you know, it's one thing to tell people about the word, but sometimes, and now with our phones, we can actually pull out the Bible app and we can hand it to somebody and say, what does this say? And they can read it for themselves and go, oh, there's power in that. That might be a good habit to develop. Um, here's another verse. For, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. You see, God's word is like a medicine that does something inside of you. It has an active ingredient. You know, I take time-release vitamin C. I don't know if you know what that is. Time-release vitamin C has this ability to release through the day so that it's always fighting whatever's in you. It's always working in you. Not everybody can take time-release vitamin C because it does sit in your stomach. And if you have a sensitive stomach, it may not be for you. But I find it really works because it's active the whole day long. And see, when we start our day with the word of God, it is active in us all day long, fighting the things that come against us. One more scripture. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Every man needs tools for the job he's doing. Right, DJ? Where's DJ? Oh, he's downstairs. Well, he can hear me probably. So he's probably going, yeah. <laughs> um, every man needs tools for the job he's doing. And he needs to know how to use those tools. You may or may not be good with mechanical things, playing a musical instrument, cooking, or computer technology. But through the help of the Holy Spirit, every man can be a man of the word. So here's some practical advice on how to be a man of the word. Do a read the Bible in one year plan. If it takes longer, whatever, don't sweat it. Just get through it. You can use you version to do, you can start today. You don't have to start January 1st. You can say, you know what, this, this year, I'm going to read the Bible in one year. It gives you a survey. 
And here's something I didn't put in my notes. The Holy Spirit can't remind you of things you haven't read. But if you read it, you give the Holy Spirit a chance to bring you back. And maybe you're at the point where, didn't the Bible say somewhere? That's okay. You've got the thoughts going. You're thinking about the word because the Holy Spirit's bringing you back to what you read in your one-year Bible plan. So if you've never done that, how many have done the one-year Bible plan? Just show me. Oh, a few of you. Okay. So this is a great way. There's no pressure. I mean, yes, you're going to want to complete the reading assignment every day, but you know, uh, you can't always, can't always get through it. Um, but, um, the second, oh, the second one is think of an area you're struggling in. I'm struggling with finances. Okay. Look up a plan on you version with finances. It will walk you through it. Do a Google study. What does the Bible say, or actually even better when you're using Google, because you don't want just a bunch of opinions, what Bible verses speak about finances? And you, all of a sudden, you've got a whole list from maybe openbible.com um, or biblestudytools.com, a whole list of scriptures. Ta-da, you've got a study. You've got a bunch of verses. Hey, you're struggling in that area. Why not get some faith through the word, okay? And then uh, lastly, pick a book of the Bible, like the book of James. <laughs> That's a good book. It is. It is a good study, not just because it's my name. Uh, but pick a book of the Bible and just read through it and just get something out of it. Just direct yourself to something. Okay, the last thing I'm going to close with is to prepare yourself to be sent, prepare with purity. Now, purity is not about performing for God. It's about positioning yourself before God. See, God loves you no matter what. And God will use you for his glory, even if you aren't glorious. <laughs> but purity helps you partner with God's presence. Pilate stood in the presence of Jesus, but he didn't partner with Jesus because he didn't see Jesus as Lord like you do and allowed him to be crucified. See, purity helps us see who Jesus is and honor his presence in our lives. Just like clearing the mud out of a gutter, purity opens us up to God's presence flowing through us <laughs> to the places we go and the people God puts in our lives. Purity makes us sensitive to God's presence and causes us to protect our purpose. And let me just explain that. You're a husband. How many husbands do we have in here? So an opportunity comes to speak intimately with another woman. But you think, how is my wife going to feel if she comes around the corner and sees me face to face with this woman? How's she going to feel about that? You see, you are with, with a pure thought about your wife you're protecting your purpose as a husband. Understand that? And so we protect our purpose through purity. Sometimes we need help from a brother to remove mud from our gutter. When the mud goes, God's presence and power flows. Well, Joyce Meyer said this, to have outer power, you must have inner purity. You know, some people look at that as a performance thing. But I'm going to tell you from my own personal experience, which I won't get into today, but you can imagine, 
I've struggled with purity in my life. And I've noticed that when I live pure, there is a sensitivity there. You know what I've also noticed? God's favor just seems to be at every turn. I just have noticed God's favor meeting me when I live pure. And I want that in my life. I want to protect my purpose with purity. Well, I want to end this message with honor. And then I'm going to ask you what you got out of it. Um, I just want to end my message with telling you that we are seeing the truth of my message before our very eyes right now. See, Rick and Kamala Higginbottom have been sent by our pastors to Penticton Victory Church because there was a need and they were ready. I've known Rick and Cam for years and I have watched them prepare themselves to be sent. Rick is disciplined at getting up early every morning, praying, reading the word and declaring the word over himself, his family and his situations. Kamala invested time and money and hard work in completing her studies with Rama's online schooling, which took years. She did it, not knowing where God would use it, but knowing she would be ready for whatever God had for her. They are bringing the message every week for the next couple months to the people of Penticton. And they are bringing it because they were ready to bring it. Isn't that awesome? So my takeaway is this, prepare yourself to be sent by spending time in the presence of Jesus. If you have never made a decision that you want to follow Christ, I made the decision when I was 12 years old. I admit I did not fully understand it, but I knew it was right. And I remember that moment of just knowing in my spirit, because God's given us a spirit to know these things, that it was the right thing to do. So we're going to pray a prayer. I'd like you to close your eyes. We're just thinking about where we're at with God right now. And I'd like you to pray this with me. And let's all pray it so that there's one person in this room who's never prayed it, that they don't feel uncomfortable. They know they have a family with them. Heavenly Father, I come to you today as I am, knowing that I need to change. I know I've failed. I'm aware of my mistakes and my bad choices. <laughs> and sometimes I've fumbled the football, but I come to you imperfect, knowing that you are perfect, wanting you to change me. So I open my heart to you today, Jesus. I believe you are the son of God. I believe you died for every one of my sins. And then you rose from the grave. I want to be victorious like you are victorious. So I surrender my life to you today. And I ask for this to be a new beginning. Thank you for saving me, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to pray for you, men. If there's a, a struggle in your life uh, with any one of these things that I mentioned, 
I'm just going to pray over that, that God will fortify you, that God will strengthen you, because I don't say these things lightly that you have opportunities before you. I did not just say that to be a positive person. I truly believe there's going to be opportunities in front of you that you're not even aware of. Heavenly Father, I pray for every man, every brother in this room, and myself included, that we will be ready to walk through the door of opportunity in 2024. We pray, God, that we will um, take advantage of the more that Pastor Matt talks about, more grace, more power, more love, and even more funding, because it, it sometimes it takes money to go on a missions trip. It takes money uh, sometimes to bless somebody financially who's in need. So Lord, we just open ourselves up to your abundant blessing in every area of our life, that we might walk, that we might walk in the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit. Help us to prepare with prayer. Give us a greater passion for talking. Pray that they will not live under condemnation, but that they will be moved by conviction. And I pray if they need a brother to help them move uh, the mud from their gutter, <laughs> I pray, God, they'll have the courage to reach out to somebody to say, I need help with this thing. So we just pray for purity in this room because we know there's power in that. Lord, we commit ourselves to you and we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, something we like to do at College Street is we like to um, give anybody an opportunity who's never been baptized in water. That's the next step. If you've given your life to Christ and you've never been baptized in water, I want to give you an opportunity today. So we're going to lift this lid. We need a couple men just to, well, there we go. So we're going to lift this. And uh, if you feel moved by the Holy Spirit, to come and get baptized. We got towels. We could probably even hook you up with some dry clothes. Don't hesitate during this next worship song <clears throat> to just come on down. Thank you for tuning in today and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.